Welcome to the Elevate Your Life podcast with Evelyn Kelly. I'm your host, Evie, life and confidence coach, and I'm here to support you to create unstoppable self-belief and confidence, own your self-worth, and to elevate all areas of your life. Join me for soulful yet straight-talking chats with epic humans, juicy DNMs with me, and loads of inspiration so that you can be the best vision of yourself and live a life you truly love and deserve. Are you with me? Here we go. Hello and welcome back to the podcast. I am so excited to share with you the podcast guest today, Tracy Patterson. Tracy is a global best-selling cookbook author, modern-day practicing priestess, and an intuitive seasonal food and cookery coach. Tracy supports women leaders to achieve heartfelt embodied nourishment and whole life expansion through her Priestess Your Plate bespoke one-to-one and group coaching experiences through reawakening their food intuition. Having had a multi-six-figure, 25-year food publishing business, Tracy had seen the rise and the effect of food patriarchy on women, with how they view themselves in heart, mind, body, and spirit, and how they show up in the world either as mother, through their work, within their relationships, as a community member, or as an ally for Mother Earth. Tracy's mission is for all women identifying to feel what it's like to love their whole delicious self inside and out every day, for them to witness how simple and easy it can be to tap into and reclaim sovereignty of self through nourishing, seasonal foods that are in alignment with their own personal cycle of self. In today's episode, we talk about Tracy's journey with food through her cookbooks, recipes, and now into her Priestess Your Plate coaching experiences. We talk about what does it mean to be a priestess today. We talk a lot about food intuition and how you can start to do this in your own personal life. We also talk about how food is such a big love connector to self, to others, and to Mother Earth. We talk about mindfulness practices with food and cooking, and both Tracy and I share some stories and some examples from our own personal journey with food, and I think you're going to find this super interesting, highly insightful, and I can guarantee that you'll just feel the love and passion that Tracy has for food and for this work just oozing out of her in this interview. It is honestly just mind-blowing and I'm so excited to share this episode with you. So without further ado, here is the one and only Tracy Patterson. Hello beautiful Tracy and welcome to the podcast. I'm so excited for our conversation today. Oh Evie, you know this is just going to be like so much fun. I'm so excited to speak with you today as well. So exciting. It feels like such an honor to have you on the podcast today and joining us and talking all about food, intuition, and deep nourishment. That sounds just so good to dive into into that today with you. I was just going to set the scene though and say to the listeners that Tracy and I met on a mastermind that we were both a part of 
earlier this year. And I think with you, Trace, it was just like, as soon as I met you on our group calls, just your love and energy that you just radiate is just so infectious and so, so beautiful. And I just wanted to share some of that with our listeners today. Oh, that is just so beautiful to receive. Thank you so much. Um, it was a beautiful experience, wasn't it? Um, and I think, I think what comes for that um, is just this sense of like when women gather together and they're held in such a safe space, you feel like you can really just open up and be all of who you are. Um, and I feel like in that experience um, together in that mastermind, we were really able to do that, which is really empowering. And I think probably the reason, the biggest reason why I do the work that I do in the world for that for that reason alone is because, you know, for women to feel safe and seen and heard um, mm. is a really big thing for us, isn't it? Oh, 100%. Yeah, absolutely. And I couldn't have said that better, 100%. It's so powerful. Um Love that. So anyway, let's dive in, shall we? So before we talk about food, can you tell us what is your favorite quote and why? Oh, this is so good. So, so good. And I'm glad that you asked this because I've had a quote for ages that I used to always use, but something popped up recently and it was when um, with the passing of Ruth Ginsburg. And so it's a quote of hers that was shared by an incredible woman by the name of Tracy Hardy through her Wattle Seed Nutrition um, Instagram feed. And it's this, it says, fight for the things that you care about, but do it in a way that will lead others to join you. And I just thought, wow, right? Like to, to really stand for something that you like just believe in wholeheartedly and really fight for it, right? Like really go deep and wide with that passion to make that change, but then to also do it in a way that leads others to be with you, alongside you. And I just, when I read that, I just thought that is it. That's everything to me because I really feel like, you know, right now with women really rising into their own power, that this sense of holding space of being both ends. And I love, I love sharing this with my clients is that we don't have to be either or, right? Like we can be a divine feminine, you know, we can stand in our sovereignty and grace and power, but we can also stand there while being held by the divine masculine, you know, taking the action and being the change. And I just felt like that quote really sums up my own philosophy of how I walk on Mother Earth and how I run my business and hold space for women as well. So, yeah, I, I was so happy that you asked that because this was just something, like I said, it was just a recent quote that really popped up for me. Um, but I thought it was just beautiful. Yeah, I love that. It's so beautiful. And I love the way that you describe that and, and relate it to yourself and your work. And I think what I take from that just listening was like the sense of, connection and community and collectiveness which I think we're all sort of craving so much right now um, so thank you for sharing that and interesting I, I kind of designed these questions like the quote one was just let's just start the conversation with a hit of inspiration but I just thought it was kind of like a surface level kind of question but it's really not and I think it's interesting that sometimes we'll have a quote for ages or it'll come and go or there's something that 
comes up in the moment that you feel called to share. And I just love that every interview I've done so far, it's something that's resonated so much with them, obviously, but also with their work and the conversation that we have in the podcast in that particular day. So yeah, so good. Oh yeah, totally like all divine timing, isn't it? Always. (laughs) Yeah. Yep, 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 definitely. So Trace, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you came to do this work in food and priestess your plate? Oh yes. Oh my god, this is my favorite topic. Not about me, but about food. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, honestly, I could talk about food for days on end. Um, you know, it's really when I when I strip it right back, because this is something I fundamentally believe in, is that Food is in my DNA, 100% in my DNA, from my grandparents all the way, all the way through to to how I operate in the world, and um, and so food was always a big part of our life growing up, you know, socially and family celebrations and culturally, and you know, I came come from a family where, you know, my mum was a great cook and loved cooking, like it was never a chore, it was always delicious and. You know, I also grew up with like both sets of grandparents with the men cooking as well as the women. And so I kind of moved through most of my life until I moved out of home, really, um, thinking that that's just the way it was for everybody, that everybody was passionate about food and ate really well and all those sorts of things. Mm. Um, And so it was really interesting, like when I was thinking about what I wanted to do after school and I knew that it just had to be involved in food. And so I left high school and um, went to college and then just wanted to work in the food publishing industry from the word go and and I really just hit the round, uh, ground running like I just did as much free work as I could to get my name out there and and then I ended up being like the youngest person in Australia to be a food editor in a magazine and then I got bored with being wow. in Sydney <laughs> yeah it was pretty big like I just I just loved it I loved the whole being on food photo shoots and developing recipes and really feeling like I could make an impact in people's lives in their homes through what I would create. And I think that's always been my driving force is just for people to really get a sense of how I, how I live daily and how, I, how much I love cooking and how, how much of a big part food is in, is in my life and in our life as a family mm. as well. Um, and yeah, and so I, I then moved overseas and worked through Europe and all those sorts of things and, um, have had some cookbooks that have been bestsellers and, you know, sort of written for all of the big health and wellness gurus and all of that kind of jazz. And, but then I kept getting to this point of thinking, oh, you know, there's, there's gotta be more to this. There's gotta be a bigger way that I can make a change. You know, I could see, I could also see a very big shift, you know, I could also start Mm. to see you know, the food publishing industry really changed and it was more around the time of the the rise of the influencer and people started to produce cookbooks but without any training and really interest in food and cooking and, and health and well-being. But it was kind of seen as more of a, you know, just like having a new business card and um, it really started to get on sort of under my skin because I just thought, oh, gosh, you know, this isn't going to reach people, you know, people are going to lose sight of how important it is to be really connected to food. And so I just started to navigate my way and no surprises that this all started to boil to the surface once, you know, we decided to have a family. So everything shifted in my world. Um, 
And so I just started to feel out and, you know, look towards coaching to support people individually and things like that. And which has kind of led me to where I am today is, um, you know, a few different types of coaching courses that I've undertaken and really immersing myself into the world of the priestess and how I show up as a leader in in our family unit and as a woman walking on Mother Earth at this time and and then really understanding that there was this big sort of missing link along that chain for women identifying in particular because of food patriarchy. And this is this is sort of something that I've termed myself over the years is that, you know, what I could always see in women is that you know, through food patriarchy, this sense of um, loss of identity through body image and um, needing to follow some sort of diet culture, culture or wellness trend to to feel like they were a part of something or deemed worthy on some level. Um, I could just see all this starting to really unfold, and obviously, you know, also working on cookbooks over those those years seeing all of these new food trends come and go quite quickly year in, year out, you know, just to make sales um, with no real substance behind them. And so, yeah, it just got me into this space of feeling like, you know, what well, I can make deeper and wider impact if I can hold space for women to just really, you know, really reclaim for themselves how they want to be nourished with food on a daily basis. So, so yeah, so that leads me to where I am today in, in, in coaching, oh God, gorgeous women all around the globe, which is just so fulfilling. Wow. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing your story and what's led you here today. Gosh, so, so interesting. And we could talk about so many parts of that journey for you. I'm sure there would be loads of wisdom to share there, but yeah, I, I guess I wanted to focus a little bit more on what are you mean exactly by priestess your plate if if this is a new sort of concept for someone listening how would you describe that and what what would you say that you specifically help people with oh beautiful beautiful well I think I think the thing to to maybe unpack first is the the term priestess as well so if I can just Mm. sort of explain my little version of what priestess means to me and how I do it yeah, because it really imparts on the whole process of food and nourishment and and all of that. So for me, I really believe if you're if you're walking on Mother Earth right now and you identify as a woman, that you are a priestess because you've chosen to be here at this time. And as a priestess, basically, I define a priestess as a leader, right? It's mm-hmm. it's a person who identifies as a leader, who is sovereign in themselves, and you can lead in your life in any way. I believe a leader is a mother, is an entrepreneur, is a healer, is a community member, is however it is that you show up in the world, I believe you're a leader. And so therefore, I believe you're a priestess. And I just Mm -hmm. find that a really empowering way of looking at how we go about our daily life. And in terms of priestess your play, it really is all about reawakening that inner wisdom that they have, you know, what you have. And in terms of priestessing your plate and food, it's reawakening that inner wisdom that you have in relationship to food and having a joyful relationship to food. So however that looks for you as well, you know, and tapping into your own food intuition and really, really loving like your delicious body every single day inside and out. And so when I look 
when I support women through the process you played experiences, it's I look at the whole self, so the heart, the mind, the body, and the spirit, um, and how we nourish that with food. And food is obviously a fairly loose term as well. So it's definitely grounded in tangible food that is grown by Mother Earth, so what we eat, but then it's also everything else that we feed ourselves to nourish mm. our life daily. Um, and that always shows up differently for, for whoever, you know, shows up to a session or an experience. Um, so I hope that explains it a little bit better. Yes, absolutely. I love this. This is so, so insightful and so interesting. So can you tell us a bit more about, like you touched on food intuition and sort of really coming back to what's true for you and using food in its various forms to deeply nourish your bo- your body and your soul, your mind, your spirit. Can you talk a bit more to that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Like I think, I think more, there are so many people around who are more intuitive than what they really believe that they are. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Mm, like I feel like yes. when people say, oh, I don't think I'm intuitive, I think, yeah, but, you know, there are little nudges that you feel into every single day, you know, and you don't realise that you're doing it. It's little things like, oh, I'll take that street this time when I'm driving or, oh, yep. maybe I won't do that right this moment, I'll do something else. That's all little intuitive nudges. And so the first place that I start with is always, well, I tend to find the people who are naturally drawn to me are very intuitive already, right? There's always mm. there's always an element there where they really connect and they can see and they just naturally get that. It's just more of sort of tapping into that food side. Um, mm-hmm. And I believe your, read, like your listeners and readers and your, the people you support are very intuitive as well. So, and so mm. how I... How I then look at that with somebody is just saying, okay, you're already an intuitive person yourself. How do you tap into that intuition? Like what is it that, what are your nudges? What are your little go-tos that you understand? Oh, that's my intuition. That's my, that's my highest self voice. That's not my ego voice right now. And then teaching people how to use that tool that you've already got but in relationship to food and how you nourish yourself. So um, the places I always like to start is, you know, first when you first wake in the morning, before you even open your eyes and you've just woken up, we're still really tapped into our higher self. And that's the point that I get people to start with is just say, okay, before you even open your eyes in the morning, just ask yourself, how do you desire to be fed today? You know, when I'm t- like linking into my beautiful body, how do you desire to be fed today? How can I nourish you? And you will get a little hit. Now, the thing with that then too is like if you go throughout your day or you or you forget or something pops up or you don't listen to that intuitive nudge, it's okay. Like we don't want to hold attachment to it, but it's more about just starting to build that beautiful, delicious muscle that we've already got inside of us, but just reframing it into how we nourish ourselves with food on a daily basis. Mm. Oh, I love this. This is so good because I often talk a lot about intuition and sort of getting out of your head and the shoulds and the shouldn'ts and your inner critic, which is what society so often kind of fosters and conditions us to live from, but really getting back into your true self, your authentic self, following your intuition as your guiding light. And so, like you say, you can use that in, every area of your life, including food and what you nourish yourself with. 
Yeah, and I think the biggest thing um, for here, and this is why, you know, food patriarchy is a big piece of this puzzle, is because we've been led to believe for so many years through media and messaging and social media and all of the the noise that's out there to really believe that we don't have the power to to know what's best for ourselves you know the whole diet and wellness industry it's a multi-trillion dollar industry like multi-trillion you know Mm. and because it's it it's fed off of the fears that we that they tap into us right like oh I don't know what to cook or oh, I don't know how to feed myself or what, what, what is good, what is healthy, like this, this sense of good and bad and right and wrong. And the reality is is that it's all just a farce, <laughs> right? Like, you know, and I think that's one of the areas that um, I tend to do a lot of work with, with women identifying first up is like really unpacking um, that side of, you know, how we've, we've been led to, to think and believe and perceive, whether it's been something that we've picked up from others around us or whether it's information that we've decided to unconsciously retain because of what we've just witnessed and seen and been bombarded with our whole life. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so, no, you're, you're absolutely right. Like, it's exactly the same thing. Yeah, yeah. And I think what I took from when you were explaining um like being a priestess and priestess your plate specifically was the sense of empowering yourself like you are the leader you get to you get to decide you know it's it's taking back that power and going within as opposed to yeah living externally or following the the shoulds and the shouldn'ts Mm, yeah and that's the thing and you know and I think you know when we're living in such an empowered way you know and we're we're nourished deeply by food, by the tangible food that we eat. It really is the missing ingredient, you know, for us rising, for us being all that we can be. Because when you're walking as a nourished, sovereign woman, you really are an unstoppable force. Nothing can come at you, you know. And when things do pop up, you just handle them with grace and ease. You know, because there's always going to be something, right? There's always going to be things that pop up in life. But being able to handle things with grace and ease and just understand, okay, this is going to pass and I've got every tool under my belt to support me this because I'm I'm nourished. I feel very present and grounded in who I am. I am embodied. Like I am the epitome of embodiment, you know. It's incredibly empowering. Yeah, yeah, so powerful. I love how you describe all of this. It's so beautiful. I was just going to come back to the intuitive eating piece specifically and I just wondered like you've obviously given us that wonderful question at the start of how how do I want to nourish my body today Mm. do you have any other sort of tips and tricks if some of the listeners want to start to do a bit more of this themselves in their own lives Mm -hmm. yeah absolutely absolutely there are I think the first place to always just be in recognition of is just acknowledge where you are first and foremost right we've just got to acknowledge where we are and um just understand we've got to this point and without the attachment of I should or like you said you know the shoulds the shouldn'ts all that sort of thing just acknowledging where we are um and then also just allowing ourselves to really deepen into who we are you know like 
Mm. How am I walking right now? What season of life am I in? Am I walking as a maiden, as a mother, as a maga, as a crone? Like what phase of the defined feminine energy cycle am I currently walking through? What season of Mother Earth am I standing in? You know, like where am I residing on Mother Earth right now? Like what's available to me? You know, and all those sorts of things. And I feel like once we really recognise those grounding foundations of that we're cyclic beings, you know, and we can change, you know, every hour, mm. every day, every week, every month, every year, right? We, we are totally, we're always cycling. We're always cycling. And Mother Earth is constantly cycling too. And so if we can align ourselves to who we are and how we cycle, with Mother Earth seasons, already we're going to feel completely different. So I think sort of really understanding where we are and how we're operating. And then also too, like just really basic things like, you know, Mother Earth grows for us everything that we need. Like all of this this delicious food that she grows for us every single day is just available to us all the time. And just a simple thing of holding food and preparing food with our hands you know our hands are the direct link to our heart chakra space you know we're directly linked to that and when we create with our hands we are creating everything that we create in is infused with love and I really believe that's where the term food made with love probably already <laughs> really came from is because when we cook, we're infusing so much love into whatever we create and it's because we're using our hands and that's, you know, opening up our heart chakra. So even just the basic thing of like using your hands in the kitchen more um, to prepare food is an incredible place to start. Yeah, connecting back. I love that. And I'm so glad you led us so beautifully on to my next question, which was kind of opening the conversation around I know you talk about food being the greatest love connector, connecting mm-hmm. to yourself, to others and to Mother Earth. And I just wondered, could you, yeah, could you speak to that a little bit more? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, well, you know, everything is energy, right? Like everything is energy. And food is the greatest source of energy that we can receive. And I'm not talking like calories in, calories out, but like, you know, when we when we tap into and we want to ground our energy, like whatever, you know, sacred practices that we do, say with meditation and things like that, when you ground your energy, you're grounding really into Mother Earth's energy field. Um, and like I shared before, like she grows all of our food for us. So, you know, when we're talking, we're thinking about energy um, and food as energy, we're really tapping into her direct source of energy when we're eating the foods that she's growing for us, right? Like we, we're absorbing the nutrients and her energy and it's grown by the sun and it's touched by the rain and, you know, all of the elements are present. And when we're connecting with that and we're preparing our own food and we happen to align that with the season that she's going through, like we say we're coming into summer and we start to enjoy mangoes and berries and things like that. And then we're tapping into that energy source and with our own energy source and, you know, maybe you're just about to think about having a family and so you're stepping into the energy source of the divine uh, the divine feminine energy of the mother, you know, where we want to be out in the world and birthing new things and all that sort of stuff. Like you can very quickly see that if we're just being present with all of those little facets, 
how much more empowered we can walk and be in how we show up in the world because we understand that there's just so much more to the food piece and the the joyful connection we can have with food that's so much bigger and grander than just cooking to survive and cooking to get antioxidants and whatever the trend is, right? Like there, it's such a deeper connection. And when we connect with food energy in that way, we connect so much deeper to ourselves, which then untaps that, that like deep resourcefulness that um, just keeps us going so we can show up how we want to. Yes. So good, so good. And <laughs> and I guess the other like to extend that as well as like when you're when you're deeply connected with your true self and with Mother Nature and the earth and the elements, etc., it also then gives other people permission to do the same. Or you're then, you know, especially with food being such a connecting thing with other people or a community type of thing where you can share meals and love and and bring uh bring people together like Mm. there's so many little facets of this that all kind of interconnect yeah absolutely so many so many little golden threads that go out with that you know like if you're if you're privileged enough and able to to get out and go to say like a farmer's market it's like you get to talk to the people who are growing the food and anytime you speak to a grower or a farmer, they are so passionate about what they do, um, you know, and you, you're forming these little relationships. And also too, like if you happen to be a parent, there is no, I believe it is a birthright for children to grow up understanding, knowing and witnessing food being cooked and prepared and eaten in the home, you know, and that is not available to everybody, you know. It's a real, it's a food privilege to be able to do that. And if you're able to do that, then it's a birthright that your child is able to witness that as well because it is such a deep connector. And I, you know, I link back to like how I shared at the start of our conversation about like, you know, food is in my DNA because it's what I witness, it's what I know of, it's the storytelling from my ancestors, it's all the way through the bloodline. And that's another part of the connection to self, a feeling like you really belong and you have a place in the world as well. So food is very, very powerful. Um, and like I said before, I, I really believe it's a missing link that um, in terms of the sacred practice and what, how you go about your day um, in mm. infusing it into everything that you do. Yes, yes. I got full-on goosebumps when you were sharing that. Yeah, <laughs> so, so true. So true. Um, and, and sort of what would you say with the sort of self-love piece uh to this like really deeply nourishing yourself and your body and and, you know the all all aspects of that you know you spoke about this at the start like um not necessarily just your physical well-being but your spiritual mental emotional etc how do you yeah how do you kind of see food being such a pivotal part of that well I think like with food in itself you know when you look at the different aspects of food like from selecting it you know preparing it, cooking it, and then eating it, at all of those four points, it can be turned into a delicious sacred practice where you're really deeply connected to yourself. And I feel like when we're talking about heart, mind, body, and spirit connection and how we walk and how we move and how we feel and believe and perceive and everything that we do in our waking life, um, 
if we can connect deeply to ourselves and honour that, you know, be in alignment with who we are and what we want to do. And you can do this as a parent. Like I, I get this a lot from people. They say, but I've got a young family. It's like, I've got a young family too, but I'm also very aware of what my own needs are and honouring that. And I really believe that when you can honour yourself with food, it is the greatest self-loving act of self-loving care you can give to yourself. So, and it can be something as simple as just really, you know, if you wake in the morning, oh, I need to eat some fresh food today. Like just going out and making sure that you grab an orange or an apple and you sit down and you eat it and you you spend some time with yourself. You might want to daydream or maybe you do it as a journaling practice while you journal in the morning and, you know, you have your favourite bowl of oats with you or whatever it is, something that you know mm. that truly nourishes yourself um, and really acting on it, like taking the action piece to do it because there are so many times I think for women as well, like, we're so busy and there are so many things that we do throughout our day that we can just put things off, you know, like, oh, I'll just sit down and I'll have a cup of tea. But you'll walk around with a cup of tea and you might drink it while it's still cold, you know, halfway through, you know, like really taking the time to sit down and go, no, I'm going to sit down and take 10 minutes and have that cup of tea, you know. So I feel like there's just so many different points throughout the day that you can really just stop and take a moment for yourself just like you would if you were taking a few deep breaths or like you would if you're going to do like a three or a five minute meditation. You can do the same thing with food if you start to view it as a sacred practice as well. Yes. Yes. So good. And it reminds me of this experience I had. Uh, I was actually volunteering at a house retreat. I've got two stories to, to share here, but um it was actually one in Australia. Anyway, I used to spend loads of time helping out in the kitchen and learning from the chefs and I just loved it. And we did this mindfulness eating exercise where we got all given a raisin and then we had to look at it, describe it in detail. We had to smell it, feel it, and then finally put it in our mouths and taste it, but not just, you know, wolf it down. Really enjoy it and notice it and oh my goodness that was the best tasting raisin ever (laughs) (laughs) so it's just like this little mindfulness piece I guess um like I know we're referring to it on so many different levels from like connecting back to yourself taking time for yourself self-love nourishment etc but Mm. also like when you do that when you truly connect in and be mindful and when you're eating and preparing your food it just like everything is so much better Yes. Yeah. And that's the piece. Like, and that's the thing that I love to open people up to is that conversation with self around, okay, what do you actually do now? Mindfulness, gratitude practice, stillness, deep breathing, meditation, all of those different things that you already do. You can do that mm. with food, like cooking. Mm. You can, when, when you're standing at the stove, you can plant your feet, you can ground yourself into mother earth and use it as an active meditation while you're standing there stirring the pot or turning things over, doing the dishes, exactly the same thing. I do it constantly. When I'm standing at the sink and filling the dishwasher, I actually do a meditation practice, an active meditation practice, or I'll stand there and do deep breathing. I just go, I'm just going to deep breathe the entire time that I'm washing these cups or whatever, right? Like there are so many different points that we can use all of those amazing tools that we know and love 
and relate it to food, just like you share with that mindfulness thing that you did. And I'm uh, exactly right. Like how good did that raisin taste? And, (laughs) you know, and this is what you can taste every single day with everything that you decide to eat. And it's not about like, you know, always eating like the plant-based high energy, whatever, whatever stuff. It's everything. Like there are days if I'm feeling really emotional and I'm just about to come into my blood cycle, there are days where nothing tastes more magic to me than what my Irish grandmother used to make for me for breakfast, which was like a white sliced bread sandwich with strawberry jam. Hands down, the best thing <laughs> that I could ever eat, right? And if I'm feeling really emotional and missing my loved ones who have crossed over and things like that, I'll make myself a sliced white bread sandwich with jam because it's incredible, you know, and we can't dismiss that sort of thing. And I think, you know, I feel now, you know, at the age of 43 that I I am just the most happiest that I've ever been in my life. And it's because I just honour all all sides of myself, you know, and I deeply nourish myself on a daily basis. And I think, you know, this is what drives me because everybody can feel this every day, everyone. Mm. Thank you for sharing that. That's so beautiful. And do you know what? I think that's why you radiate so much love and energy uh, I thought, you know, like because you're deeply nourished within, so you're just like oozing out all of this energy. Uh, love that so much. Oh, thank you. I think too, like, like how can you not love food? I just don't do people who <laughs> don't do food or eat or love to eat. Like, why don't? What's wrong with you? <laughs> it's so funny, but yeah, it's you know, it is, I think that's why I'm so passionate and and in such devotion to this work because, because I know it, like I feel it, I experience it. I'm, you know, and I'm not, you know, I, this is not how my life has always been either. Like I'm, I'm a product of food patriarchy as well. Like I went through the Mm. crazy years of dieting as a teenager and starving myself and oh my God, all sorts of different things. Um, but, you know, the appreciation I have now for my body and who I am as a woman and how I show up is so completely different because I decided decided to start honouring myself. Yeah. And I think that's why this conversation is so powerful and so important to have because I think, like you say, if you were saying, look, I, I don't know how people aren't food people, but until perhaps you've experienced this yourself or heard someone talk about it in this way or mm you know, kind of got out of your head and out of the the conditioning that we've all had then, or so many of us have had rather, then it's hard not to perhaps. I'm not yeah. I'm not sure if that's making sense, but um that's sort of what's coming to me is like that's why these conversations in your work is so powerful and so important. Because we're just opening people up to this whole other world of being and way of living and deeply nourishing yourself. Oh, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. And and I think this is this is definitely my mission is to just have these conversations because it's so imperative, you know, as we're all rising into the power of the divine feminine and, you know, really want to connect into that, you know, resourceful masculine energy within as well so that we can get out and do the work in the world that we're here to do. Um, we need to have these conversations, you know, the narrative definitely needs to change it's been needing to change for a while but now it needs to really up level and up shift 
Yeah, yeah. I was just thinking, would it, would you be open to sharing a bit more about those earlier stages with you and how you kind of, you know, came from that dieting world and culture and ideas and how you've started to move into, you know, changing your view and your relationship with food and your body and the universe? Yeah, like absolutely. How, how can we... St- I guess I'm just thinking someone who's sort of early on in their journey with this and these mm. ideas are like mind blowing them right now. Yeah. What, what would, yeah. Tell, tell us about that early piece for you and what, what might be supportive for others on their own journey. Yeah, absolutely. It's a great, I think this is a really interesting and really important thing to always discuss is like, you know, I mean, for me in particular, what, what I realized and it, it almost felt like it happened overnight without me even realising. But, you know, I was predominantly for the last 15 years, I've only been doing health and wellness cookbooks, writing them for people. Um, and so, you know, I would probably write three to four cookbooks a year. And each one of those cookbooks had its own dieting trend. And what a lot of people, especially the publishers that I work for, don't didn't didn't know about the way that I worked is that, I would tap into the energy of that book, of that philosophy of the person who had created the philosophy, um, and then really go all in. So I would sit with that. I would embody the, the entire process of the diet and what the you know what was to be done and when and all that sort of stuff. How people were to eat, and then I would sit and I'd write the recipes and then I'd cook the recipes, eat them, and all those sorts of things to make this cookbook get created. And so what I found after doing that for 15 years is I was just getting angrier and angrier, more separate from myself. All of a sudden I felt like I had gained, I had gained about 15 to 18 kilos over that period, um, but it felt like it happened overnight. I all of a sudden woke up and looked at my body and went, what's happened? Like how did I get here, you know, but it was this sense of being completely disconnected from who I was and how angry I felt and how uncomfortable I felt in myself and how disempowered I had become. And and then I just it just dawned on me that I was living this cycle of eating a certain way, you know, every cup two to three months, really embodying this experience. And then it just clicked and I just thought, here I was thinking I was doing something good for people in the world, but, but then what I'd realised was, gosh, if if people who were buying these cookbooks were living this lifestyle like I've been living, then they're going to be feeling the way that I've been feeling. And then that's when it just shifted. I was like, I've got to do something about this. This is not right. This is not how I want to live. This is not who I want to be and how I want to show up in the world. Um, and I was just getting more disconnected from those around me. I went really insular and went within and – you know, just felt like, I don't know, like I just lost everything. And so I just started to re- rebuild who I was as a person. I started to move away from my publishing career, which was very successful for like 25 years. I've, you know, that's all I've ever done. So I started to break away from that. I started to really go do a lot of work, like in a in a wisdom work, I started to learn about the path of the priestess and really start to in, rebuild myself as a person, as a woman. And 
really look at who I wanted to be and how I wanted to show up, the mother that I wanted to be for our children. And I literally just started working backwards from there and really dedicated, you know, about five to six years of doing that inner work and allowing myself to go deep, you know, to to really just whatever needed to come up, come up and deal with it. And I think I think the first place to always start is to just go gently and and easily with the self um, and really gather around you the community that you want to have around you. You know, seek out those women, seek out those spaces. Um, And I've been really devotional in that since since that turning point about six years ago. I've really sought out the women that I really specifically – specifically want to surround myself with I pay for mentors and coaches endlessly because I believe that you can always learn more from others you know like I love to learn from others and I I just think that you know taking that time for self is really really important and a really great place to start is just to recognize that that time for self is just so so important um and yeah, and then funnily enough, right, like once you start to empower yourself from within, all these other things start to open up for you. You know, you've got this clarity of mind and this sense of self and really feeling grounded in who you are and that you do have a voice and something valuable that people want to hear and be witness to and be around. And, you know, and then it just kind of cascades up, doesn't it, right? Like once we start to unlock that power within it just everything else just all of a sudden miraculously but not <laughs> falls into place right um because that alignment just keeps growing yes oh my goodness we could talk for hours Tracy. This is so <laughs> so good <laughs> i know right i was just thank you for sharing firstly a bit more about your journey and where to start and i yeah couldn't have said that better I love that and I guess when I was listening to you I've just kind of been reflecting on my own journey with food and and personal development and going within and connecting and uncovering my authentic self etc and I like that you've sort of likened it back to really just going within and deep diving and doing the inner work and then obviously the food and nutrition and nourishment is a big part of that and I think I would 100% agree with that and I'm just yeah relating it back to my journey and I was thinking so I kind of opened my my eyes up into this personal development world and doing a bit inner work and working with coaches etc and then as I mentioned earlier I went to a health retreat and volunteered for six weeks and it was such a pivotal moment in my journey but especially with this food piece it was like here was my opportunity to heal my relationship with food and my body and you know, go another layer deeper in, in doing this inner work. And I think I think for me it was just being around these chefs who were just kind of like how you talk about food, were just it was everything. And gosh, they were some interesting people. And then also I did a 24 hour fast while I was on the house retreat. And that for me was just like oh my goodness, what do you mean I can't eat for 24 hours? And <laughs> and it was so scary because I think for people, and, and perhaps you can talk more to this, but mm. food is 
can be as, as a massive part of our lives in so many ways, as we've obviously acknowledged today, but also like from a point of view of like it can be really triggering for people. It, it, there's a massive emotional part to it and a massive sort of more potential control part of it as well. Mm. So I think for me, when I when I didn't eat for those 24 hours, it was like, it was so freeing for me, I guess, is what I, what's coming to me at the moment. It's like, mm. it completely changed the whole way I viewed food and eating and nourishment and what I chose to feed my body. It was... It was just, yeah, such a pivotal moment for me. And I think it just, yeah, it, re- it really made me realise that, yeah, you don't have to be like, I guess it's this whole, sorry, I'm not explaining this very well. It's this whole idea of, you know, not eating at certain times of the day or certain meals and having these types of food for breakfast mm-hmm. and these types of food for lunch and all of this stuff. It was like completely taking away the rule book mm-hmm. and be like, okay, here's my here's my reset button does that make sense what would you oh. what would you say to that? oh my gosh yes absolutely like and that is you've actually just nailed it perfectly is this it is all consuming you know you think about everywhere you look social media everywhere you look there is some piece always speaking and it happens for men as well. It's not just for women because men really deal a lot with food fears and things as well. Um, but we are, it just is all consuming in our mindset all the time, you know, yeah. because you think about what you eat. Oh, is this, oh, I shouldn't eat now. Or, or maybe, oh gosh, do I get the blueberries or the raspberries? Like what's got the better mm. antioxidants, right? <laughs> right? Like, oh, it's protein. Mm. I've got to eat more protein or um oh carbs can't eat carbs right because they're bad um meanwhile generations of italians right can you imagine telling generation of of italians to give up pasta you know a national (laughs) staple dish to their heritage not gonna fly Mm. you know like there's just so many things that we've been constantly bombarded with and you're right like fasting as is an incredible tool for clarity I often mm. go into a space of fasting. Um, I've always had a lot of gut issues, like since I was about 12 years of age, um, heaps and heaps of gut issues. And so I find that I wake in the morning and I can't eat until at least midday because my gut just is so sluggish. I cannot, I just can't consume food. And so this has taken mm. me years to figure this out. But I also find that when I'm going into a deep space of creation, um, like when I wrote my book, um, I would fast. I would do 24-hour fast because it gives you clarity of mind. And also, so I think there's a piece around that too. Like it's kind of understanding that food, like I've said, it's another sacred practice. It's another beautiful, delicious tool that we can use to boost our energy and to use alongside everything that we want to do and create and be in the world. You know, when we allow ourselves to strip back all of those conditioning things and beliefs and everything that we've received or perceived and gathered from loved ones around us and things that we've taken on ourselves or made up on our own, when we can strip all of that away and have that clarity, it is a completely different experience, exactly like you shared when you've done when you did that 24-hour fasting. So yeah, it's mm-hmm. yeah, bang on. 
Oh, so good. So good. I was just trying to find the words to explain it, but I know it was such a massive shift for me. So mm. yeah, to hear that reflected back um, is wonderful. Thank you. I'm is so glad you had that experience. <laughs> Sorry. I was going to say, I'm just yeah. so glad that you had that experience because, you know, I think this is the thing that I that I constantly, I can't sort of say enough to people is like, we've also been really led to believe that these things are going to be really hard and difficult. Like this is something mm. that's going to take so long and you don't have time and it's another thing to add to, to your to-do list. But the biggest piece that I can't just like activate for enough is that, you know, it can be so simple and easy. You know, it's something that you can do and work into your daily life so easily. It's not something that's big or huge or that difficult. Once we get our food set on board, like I, it's the mindset, your food mindset, I call food set. Once we get your food set on board, <laughs> it is so easy, so easy, just like you experienced. Yes, it's such a mindset thing. I totally agree. And mm. I think the beauty of my experience was that I knew that that was going to be a transformative experience for me on so many different levels, which is why I just had to go and it was an intuitive decision for me. Mm. Um, but I think also because I was out of my life and my normal routine and my home and I was living on this house retreat and I didn't technically have the control over what I was eating or I wasn't deciding it as such. Mm. Um, I think that was also why it was so powerful for me. But, you know, everything happens in divine timing. So my experience is absolutely just unique to me and, and others will be to them as well. But, yeah, thanks for kind of uh, yeah pointing that out. And I think we all have them at the right time for us, right? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, yeah, we all know. We all know. We all have that intuitive nudge. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> oh my goodness this has been so good Trace I was just gonna um, ask my final few qu questions but just before Ooh. we move on from food was there anything else that you wanted to share with the listeners today that we haven't covered oh not at all no I think we've um I think we've had a beautiful delicious conversation about all the things every I mean like I said I could talk for hours but yeah <laughs> <laughs> Yes, yes. I know and as I'm listening, I'm like, oh, I could ask you about this point and this point. Like we could honestly deep dive into so many of those different avenues of food. So maybe we'll have to do another episode, but so good, so good. Um, already moving on. I just wondered what were some of the most pivotal or game-changing practices, tools or rituals that you've done that's made a massive difference for you in your own personal journey? Oh, that's a good question. Oh, my gosh, that is so good. <laughs> oh, there are so many. There are so many. Can you think of one or two? Yeah, maybe that's yeah. Coming to mind for you? I, think the, I think the biggest thing is because um, in the early days, before I knew what spirituality was and all of that kind of thing, I really I started sort of where everyone starts, you know, like some oracle decks and some crystals and things like that. And it's really mm. interesting there are certain times of my cycle and whatever it is that I'm moving through that I still go back to those key pieces 
every yeah. now and again. Like I've just started really reconnecting with crystals again. Um, and so we have, uh, we've got a beautiful ensuite shower um, in our bedroom, which has bifold doors that opens up to a very private courtyard. And so I've oh, said, wow. yeah, and so I've said it that in my, like when the doors are open and we've got this rain shower head thing, when you stand in the shower directly in my line of view, I've set up a beautiful altar of crystals into a grid <clears throat> just recently. Mm. And so I find that I, t- I tend to tap in and out of different things, um, but crystals right mm. now at the moment at this point in my life uh, seem to be a very, very grounding um, additional mm. piece to everything. And I've got them everywhere in the kitchen and, like, they're they're everywhere at the moment. Oh, so beautiful. Yeah. And next question, what yeah. does inner confidence mean to you? Oh, this is good. Inner confidence to me 100% always means just loving my delicious body every single day just walking Mm. with just this utmost respect and honor and gratitude that I get to have this amazing body that has traveled with me this entire lifetime Um, and I feel like having that confidence of self and all of my body like I'm talking my my heart, my mind, my body, my physical body and my spirit, like all of those things, just really loving every facet of that. That to me means inner confidence. Yes, so, so beautiful. Mm. What's one thing your inner critic used to tell you or used to say to you on repeat that you can now look back and say is just total BS? Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> that is so easy. That is so easy. It used to always say to me that my voice was not valid, that you don't wow. just stay behind the scenes. So I think that's why I stayed in my career for 25 years because I was brilliant at what I did, like the leader in my field, because I was behind the scenes. I was never the one in front of the camera. It was never my name on the cookbook. Do you know what I mean? It was, mm. never, it was never me cooking in front of camera for the for the commercial or whatever it was. Um, it was just like, no, 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 you're you're best behind the scenes. That's where you that's where you belong because you really thrive there. Like, yeah, your your voice isn't worthy enough of of being the voice, you know? Yeah, that that's exactly the story for years and years and years. So, so glad that we called BS on that one and so that you can now share your voice and all of you because, gosh, it would be, um, yeah, such a disservice to you in the world if we didn't have your unique voice here. Oh, thank you. Yeah. And you know what? Now that I've activated that, it's not stopping. (laughs) It's open. It's out there. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) So good. Yes, please. More of Tracy. So good. Um, what's one piece of advice you'd tell your younger self? Oh, trust, trust. And that the opposite of control isn't surrender, it's trust. So just just to trust yourself 100% because you know, and you know what, when I look back over my life and we all have those crossroad moments, those big crossroad moments, I always trusted myself. Uh, lots of other things in between I didn't, but those moments where I really trusted myself have always opened up to the most expansive, most empowering, life-changing, most delicious things I've ever done in my life. Um, so, yeah, trust, definitely. I love that one so much. Mm. So good. 
and lucky last, if there was one piece of wisdom, one message that you would like to impart with the world and the loved ones that you've touched, mm. what would it be? Oh, oh, you've got everything you need within you, 100%. You are your inner guru. You are your inner guide. You are so freaking powerful. Oh, my gosh. It just makes me want to cry. Like, if everyone could just understand that they are just so deliciously incredible, just as they are, who they are with what they've got, um, I think the world would just be so incredibly different. I couldn't agree more. That's Mm. so wonderful. I love that. And I think if we were to summarise maybe the main point of our conversation today, it would be to come back to that, to come back to yourself and your Mm. inner wisdom, your knowing, and just know that you've got it all within you. So, so beautiful. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Yay. All of the feels. So good. (laughs) (laughs) So beautiful, Tracy. Where can the listeners find you online? Where can they come hang out with you if they want to step closer to you and find out more? Oh, that's so lovely. Um, well, I hang out on Instagram a bit at Priestess Your Plate. That's my handle. But I, I have, I'm in deep devotional service to my email list. Um, and so if you go to Instagram, there's a little link there. You can sign up to the email list. And that's where I share weekly or twice weekly, actually. I send out lots of wisdom emails and recipes. But I, I'm really... I love community. It's my thing. I just, I love it. I live for it. And I love just connecting with um, the women in my email community. Mm, Wonderful. Oh, they should definitely go check that out. That sounds wonderful. Already beautiful. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast today and sharing your heart, your energy, your love, your wisdom with us all. It has been so, so good. And in true uh, Tracy words, it's been delicious. Oh, thank (laughs) you so much. Thank you. It's been an honour. It's been an honour. Wasn't that epic? For all of the details and things we talked about in today's show, you can check them out in the show notes and that's over at evelynkelly.co.nz forward slash podcast. And if you can think of anyone who would really benefit from this episode, then please share it with them. And while you're there, I would be so grateful if you could leave me a five-star review in iTunes so that we can get this podcast out to even more humans and create a ripple effect throughout the world.